Hey everybody, welcome to the show. I'm Jeremy Shear. The show is brought to you by Conversa, a digital agency that helps you create a month's worth of premium content in just 60 minutes. So there's been a lot of turmoil surrounding the company formerly known as Twitter, now called X, famously. And apparently, at least some B2B brands have left the platform. If you run marketing at one of those companies or your company maybe is thinking about leaving the platform, you may be wondering, is that a good idea or should I stick around? Or if you're going to leave, where should you focus your social media efforts instead? So with us today to explore these questions is Stephanie Schwab, founder and CEO of Cracker Jack Marketing. Stephanie, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Jeremy. Glad to be here. So let's get right into it. You wrote in a LinkedIn post not long ago that most of your clients have, in fact, left Twitter. We're just going to say Twitter, by the way. Right. Everybody knows what we're talking about. So yeah. most of them have left Twitter. Do you think that's indicative of a wider trend of B2B brands leaving that platform? I think that it is. I don't actually have any data. Like I went to look to see the amount of companies have left Twitter, this percentage or whatever. I don't have data on it. But I think anecdotally, just talking to friends that are in marketing, so many companies have left Twitter. Sure, the big ones have not. McDonald's is still on Twitter. But mm -hmm. on the B2B side, particularly the smaller technology software services companies, I have heard of more and more that are leaving. I think it's it's definitely a mini exodus, if not a mass exodus. Okay. So it would be interesting to see larger data, and it hasn't been that long. So I imagine when we will see some of that data coming along. But at least for your clients, why are they leaving Twitter? Yeah, that's such a good question. I think it has been slow, and they're leaving for different reasons, but it all comes down to the chaos that's happening there. So there was chaos at the beginning with the check mark, right? So clients that had the check mark were like, well, wait, why should we be on the same, you know, like they don't know that we're real. We might not really be real. And so there was chaos around the blue check mark and who was verified on the platform. Then the chaos became more about who Musk was letting back on the platform or encouraging to be on the platform. And that was just kind of a different level or, or type of person that was coming onto the platform. Now there's chaos around so many other things. But advertisers have left the platform because they don't want to show up next to content that could be objectionable or spammy or potentially hateful. An escalating level of chaos that has made our clients uncomfortable with how their content's seen, how it shows up, who follows them, who's retweeting their content because they're trying to get their own presences built. Yeah. So it's just become really uncomfortable. So what's your personal opinion? If you have a client who asked you, should I stay on Twitter? Should I leave? What would you say? Right now, we're, we're, it depends on the clients who their target audience is. I mean, that's really the key is if they are trying to reach gamers, programmers, people who are really deep into tech, there's still a really vibrant community on Twitter for that. But we have had clients who are in the education space who have left. We've had clients who are in software and technology space who have left because they're not trying to reach that that tech gamer persona they're trying to reach the marketing manager or the buyer so if you are confident that your customer is still on twitter would we recommend being on twitter right now otherwise mm -hmm. i don't i think there's so many reasons to leave but uh, you know overall i think the number of customers who are leaving is the key that so many good mm. customers are leaving Twitter. Mm -hmm. Although I suppose it might be hard to know exactly how many 
or if they in fact are leaving Twitter, right? It's all anecdotal. As far as I can tell, it's anecdotal. I'm sure there's data out there that I just haven't found. Yeah. And it would seem to me that idea that, well, you should stay on the platform if your customers are there would apply to every platform, not just Twitter. Sure. Of course. I mean, if you're... (laughs) Customers on TikTok, you should be on TikTok. I mean, that's kind of the number one rule of social media is go where your customers are. Fish where the fish are. Yeah. Even if there's a lot of stuff on TikTok that you might not particularly like or think is not great. Yeah. If you feel like you can create content that's appropriate for that platform, by all means, you could be on that platform. If you don't, that's another story. Right. Okay. So now in in the same post that I mentioned, you have advised your clients who've left Twitter to double down on LinkedIn in particular. So why? Well, in the B2B space for most of the social media era, frankly, there have really only been a couple of choices for where B2B marketers can really put their brands. And Twitter was one of them. Twitter was for sure an excellent platform for B2B marketing. And you could reach buyers there, you know, kind of all of humanity was on Twitter and you could reach buyers there and you could reach, you know, people that you wanted to recruit. You could reach partners there. It was a great platform for that kind of networking. Now with the demise of Twitter or the, you know, for, you know, apparent, apparent demise of Twitter for at least B2B marketing, there's really only one platform left and that's LinkedIn. Because if you think about it, like, It's not Instagram. Most B2B companies are not super active on Instagram or don't find clients there. Most B2B companies are not active on TikTok. Again, depends on who their end client is. If it's a younger client, maybe, but probably not. Facebook is definitely not a place for B2B marketing. Most people are there for really personal reasons. And in the U.S., that's diminishing. Still active in other countries, but in the U.S., it's definitely diminishing. So from viable platforms, like where are you really able to go. And LinkedIn is it. And so we've seen this huge rise of LinkedIn since about when Twitter announced that they were, since the pandemic, certainly, but about when Twitter started to to, to change, I've seen a real increase on people engaged on LinkedIn, content on LinkedIn, the amount of people who wanted to be more active on LinkedIn, that's all increased in in the last six, eight months. Yeah. I don't think that's very surprising. It's not surprising to me. I don't think it'll be very surprising to a lot of our listeners if you're at all active on LinkedIn, right? And, you know, of course, it's a place for B2B and a lot of people talking about sales and marketing and all kinds of business related things. So not a big shock there. So for your clients who are either into LinkedIn for the first time or doubling down, like they've been there, but it hasn't been their primary focus, based on your experience with LinkedIn, what does double down mean? If you're a B2B brand, where should you be focusing your efforts primarily? Well, most B2B brands have had a presence on LinkedIn for some time, right? They had their company page. They may or may not be feeding their company page with company news and updates and information, maybe a link to a blog post or video or an event. That's standard practice, I think, for most B2B companies is that they have some level of LinkedIn presence through their company page. But what we're seeing more and more of and what we're really working actively to help clients do is get their people active on LinkedIn and really work that employee branding where the employees are the ambassadors for the brand and they're utilizing their personal LinkedIn presences on behalf of the brand. Maybe partly on behalf of their own thought leadership, their own interests, but it accrues to their brand when they are a public face of the company in whatever way they are. Yeah. 
That is 100% true. There's a, a guy I follow on LinkedIn. Shout out to Steve Watt. Steve, if you're listening to this, hello. But that's kind of his thing on LinkedIn. And he talks about this all the time, how LinkedIn used to be a place for talking about your company and the latest news and we won this award. But it's over time, the data has shown that that's not what people are interested in. They want to hear from individuals, not about their company, but necessarily, but just about their thoughts and like their lives and what's going on, you know, in their business and stuff like that. So, and that makes me wonder, and I'm interested in your opinion. For me, that seems obvious, but that's because I've been reading about that on LinkedIn for like years now. And so I've just internalized this idea. But do you think like for your clients who are now going to do more on LinkedIn, is that a new concept? Do you think that this focus on the individual? Yeah, I think for a lot of people it is, you know, so of course there have always been stellar salespeople who knew that LinkedIn was going to be fruitful and they're, they really worked their LinkedIn contacts and made great networks and, and sales through LinkedIn. And then there's some recruiters who have really embraced LinkedIn. Um, and then there are some corporate thought leaders who have embraced LinkedIn. But I think on the whole, that's not the norm. I think there's some standout stars that have really done well on the platform especially during the pandemic, of course, more people realized like, wait, I can't go network in person. I'm not going to the conferences. So where can I do this kind of networking? And LinkedIn was a natural place for that to happen. Yeah. So it's definitely increased since the pandemic, but also waned after we all went back into the world. And so some people kept up their presences and some people let it go. And some people just never got engaged, but are now realizing the power of it. I think the statistics on LinkedIn are something like 1% of the however many people are on LinkedIn, which is a lot. It's like many, many ten, hundreds of millions, probably. Mm-hmm. Only like 1% percent act, actively post. Right. And that the vast majority just are kind of scrolling and looking and maybe yeah. occasionally commenting. And it's interesting to think about, well, why is that? You know, why aren't more people posting given how much value there can be if you do it? And I think a lot of it is probably someone who's not used to that being like, well, what am I supposed to talk about? You know, I'm not like a thought leader. I'm not some kind of guru. I don't want to pretend to be. So who am I to like spout advice? You know, I think that holds a lot of people back. What are your thoughts about that? And again, what would be your advice to any B2B brand that's a little hesitant there and being like, I don't know what I'm supposed to say. What are you supposed to say? How can you get started being active on LinkedIn in that way? Yeah, that's such a good question. And that holds so many people back. And I think one of my interests is getting more women active on LinkedIn. And I think Mm -hmm. it holds women back even more than men sometimes, you know, like, oh, but I'm not good enough. And I'm comparing myself to all these other people. And, you know, who am I to go post this stuff? Not to say that that doesn't hold some men back too, but I think it happens even more so with women. And I think that the answer to that is to recognize that you have a unique voice no matter what the topic is or the industry, you are you, you are the only you around and, you know, you have a unique voice and you have your own audience. So even though this thought leader over here is posting about your same topic, you are posting over here and you have your own following. And that following is a combo of people, you know, from work, from your life, people from your your church or your synagogue, people from your high school, whatever, college years. LinkedIn for you is a mix of all those people. And that is a different audience than your CEO's audience or somebody else who you might be comparing yourself to. So your unique voice combined with your unique audience is 
unique, right? That is all, that's only one person who can, who can reach those people with what you have in your head. Yeah. So I, I think it's so valuable for everybody to remember, like you are reaching different people than everybody else Yeah. because of, because of your following. And I think it's also worth keeping in mind, there's no one way to, to do it. You know, there's no one path to success yeah. on, on LinkedIn or any platform. I mean, there are certain, I think, baseline things that are good to do, like publishing stuff consistently and regularly. Mm -hmm. doesn't have to mean every day, but consistently. Mm -hmm. uh, commenting on other people's posts yes. in a substantive way, more than just good post, you know, or more than just mm -hmm. clicking like. And then when people comment on your post, responding to them in a timely yeah. manner and getting a discussion going, you know, yeah. I mean, that's what I've found a little bit for me. Cause I'm still getting the hang of it, but for definitely some of the more popular people on LinkedIn, that's what they seem to be doing mm -hmm. and having mm -hmm. a lot of success with it, at least on the surface. Yeah. Well, a minute ago, you mentioned that only 1% of people create content on the platform and it's actually part of a phenomenon. It's the 99 one rule which has been true since the beginning of social media, since the beginning of blogging on the internet, which is that of all the people in a community, 1% create content, 9% engage with that content, like actually comment, and 90% just lurk and just watch and, and read mm -hmm. or listen or whatever they're doing. So you, if you can't be part of that 1% immediately of content creators, at least be part of the 9% that's engaging with content. Because even if you yeah. never posted a piece of your own content, if you're out there commenting, like, as you said, meaningfully, not just a, hey, that's cool, but really asking a question, you know, giving your own perspective, diving a little bit deeper on some of the things that people in your network are posting about, that will also increase your visibility. So even if you're not yeah. posting your own content, just commenting. And if you're only just committing, like comment five comments a day. Yeah. It would be tremendous for getting visibility of your own profile out there. Yeah, for sure. It's And I think people will find that it's a lot easier to comment on someone else's post than to come up with original stuff to say, depending Absolutely. on who you are. But I think that's true for a lot of people. Yeah. And I think people will find that if you start commenting regularly, some of those comments will turn into posts. You'll yeah, write a comment yeah. and be like, you know what? I could go on and on about this. Hey, in fact, I will go on and on. This is going to be my next post, you know? So it really kind of gets you into the rhythm. Yeah. yeah. Now, now if you comment on something on LinkedIn, LinkedIn will get, will prompt you, I think all the time now to say like, would you like to turn this into a post? Yeah. And you just go and post from that comment. It's really easy. So getting into that habit of being engaged on LinkedIn, I think is the gateway to becoming a creator, a poster on LinkedIn. Yeah. You know, I, I've found too, both from my personal experience and from people I follow, that a good formula seems to be write about stuff from your own experience. Mm -hmm. It doesn't have to be groundbreaking. It doesn't mean have to mean you're the only person who's ever dealt with this problem or had this, this experience. But you can tell the story just in a pretty natural, straightforward way. Look, I ran into this problem. Here's how I solved it or tried to solve it. Just sharing that. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. going to, if you do that in a simple and direct way, it's going to come across as authentic because it is, it's just you describing a thing you did and you're not trying to claim any world shaking expertise necessarily. You're not saying this is the only way to do it. It's, Hey, this is how I did it. Does anyone have a better solution than this? You know, that's mm -hmm. a perfectly kind of good style of post. I think, what do you think? Yeah, I completely agree. It's, it's really about individual perspective and stories 
and how you've problem solved for yourself. Everybody wants to hear that. Everybody wants to hear how you did it, how you do, you know, whatever, whatever it was that you've overcome, created, learned. Those are all fodder for great engaging posts and people really do want to hear that. So that comes back to like the unique you of LinkedIn, yeah. which is, yes, you might not be the world's foremost expert in solar energy, but you have a story about it. You have perspective, you have clients or customers or whatever that you can talk about, maybe not mention them, maybe mention them, but you can absolutely talk about what you've learned and what you know in that industry. Yeah. Your opinion, you read something interesting and have an opinion about it. You disagree. Mm -hmm. You agree, mm -hmm. right? Everything is fodder for that. So, yeah. so again, we started this discussion with leaving Twitter to come to LinkedIn, uh, but there's always something lost and something gained. I feel uh, what will, can you not do or get on LinkedIn that you were getting on Twitter? Like, what are you giving up? Well, one thing is that Twitter was a platform that sucked up content. So when we tweeted for clients back in the day, a year ago or less, we would often put out seven to 15, even 20 pieces of content a day on Twitter because the platform would absorb it. And the algorithm was really different than LinkedIn's algorithm. Mm -hmm. And so we were able to put a lot of client content and often get a lot of engagement for them throughout the day or do longer threads also, which are, which are still great on Twitter, but those longer threads are more like a LinkedIn post. Mm -hmm. So you can take a longer post into LinkedIn, but those shorter, like, here's this blog post. Hey, we have a video, you know, we've got all this content that we want to promote. That is much harder to do on a platform like, like LinkedIn, which really rewards one juicy post yeah. per day, per, per two days, per whatever. Twitter, we were able to put lots and lots of content out there. And there's really no other platform like Twitter that will absorb and still show potentially lots of content in that same way. That's it just moves so much faster, you know, and it's content is shorter and easier to consume. That's a great point. I believe on LinkedIn, you will actually, you'll actually be penalized if you post too much. If you're posting three, four, seven, eight, whatever posts a day, that's going to hurt you. It would for sure hurt you, but you'd quickly see that like one post will catch the algorithm. Maybe if you're lucky, one post will get seen, get shown to more and more people and the rest of them will just be dead. And so when we have a really good post hit with a client, we usually, even if we have something scheduled for the next day, we might let it breathe for another day or even two days Yeah, because the algorithm will keep showing it and keep showing it. So there's not nearly as much of a need to feed content in there constantly, but that's a good and a bad, right? That's, you're kind of losing that a little bit too. Something lost, something gained, like yep. usually with any change for sure. So, well, Stephanie, how can people reach you? What's the best way for them to reach out and continue this conversation? Uh, you can certainly connect to me on LinkedIn, follow me, connect to me, tell me that you heard about me on the podcast. It's uh, linkedin.com slash in slash Stephanie Schwab, just my name and so you can find me really easily there. Um, you can also come to my website, crackerjackmarketing.com. Or you can follow me on Instagram. It's at Stephanie S. Uh, but honestly, I don't post to Instagram very much. I love LinkedIn. I post there three, four, five times a week. Mm -hmm. And that's, it used to be Twitter was my main platform. But no longer. But no yeah, longer. Sadly, okay. No longer. Well, we'll put your LinkedIn link in the show notes to make it a little easier for folks. So everybody great. definitely reach out to Stephanie. Check out Cracker Jack Marketing. Stephanie, thanks so much for a great conversation. This was really interesting. 
Thank you, Jeremy. So glad that we met on LinkedIn. Indeed. Bye-bye. All right. Bye-bye.